Hello, my name's Sarah Plumley, and I'm a mathematics teacher. Here are my top three tips for working with children who have dyscalculia, that's number dyslexia, dyslexia, that's the one with the words, the letters, and or dyspraxia, that's uh, problems with movement and patterns, coordination, that sort of thing. Here are three simple things that anybody can do to make everybody's life a little bit easier. First things first, when in, you are working with the number two in mathematics, be really careful also with the number five. Very often children with dyslexia mix these two numbers up. So I'm terrible for this because I sometimes write my fives like that if I'm in a hurry. And it's not too difficult to see how much like a two this really looks when I'm in a rush. Now I know that you're saying, well, hey, Sarah, that's crazy, that's backwards, but actually it's reflection. They're seeing things in reflection sometimes. Like I said, this is common with students with dyscalculia, um, dyslexia in particular, not necessarily dyspraxia, but it, every little helps, right? Every little helps. So what we must do, the easiest thing to fix this, twos are twos, lots of people write twos in different ways. They struggle, they don't struggle, whatever. The five is the easiest thing to go after. If you make the top section square, like so, this top section at right angles, right angles being at 90 degrees, right? We remember that, don't we? Don't we? So top section square and then a curled section. So once again, top section square and a curled section. And that way, no matter how scruffy your twos, the children will always be able to pick out a five versus a two, right? My husband says to me, Sarah, you write fives like a five-year-old. And I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. There's good reason for that, dear. There is good reason, believe me. Now, just because, please don't panic, just because your child sometimes thinks your fives are a two, it does not mean they have dyslexia. It does not mean they have dyscalculia. It does not mean you should rush out for an assessment. Please do not do that. I reckon about 30% of children with no special educational needs actually view these two things incorrectly sometimes. It's a common mistake. It's a common misread. All right. So please don't think that there's something wrong. You need to get something checked. You don't. It's extremely common. I've seen it. I, I would say I've seen it about 30% of the time in, in regular classrooms with students who are not dyslexic, do not have uh, dyscalculia. So that's my number one tip. Watch your fives. Watch your fives that, so they don't like twos. Tip number two is sevens and ones. Check this out. As you rush a seven and a one, that's 71, believe it or not. I can tell the difference between that, but I don't blame you if you can't. It looks like a one and a one. So something I learned to do when I was teacher training actually is to strike my sevens at the very least so that you can tell the difference in a hurry between a seven and a one. And also I've learned mostly, or sometimes you'll still occasionally catch me doing this wrong. I've mostly learned to drop the hat. I, as in strike my one straight down as if you were doing a tally right, a straight one. So I've removed this. In most cases, I still sometimes slip up and do it by accident because it's, it's an ingrained habit. I didn't learn about this until I was teacher training, until other people had to read my maths. Well, I, well it was just me reading my maths and, and my teacher marking answers correctly. It wasn't a problem. But when lots of people, well, actually not hundreds, even thousands of students are looking at your numbers, you're going to come across some that cannot tell the difference. And in fairness, who can tell the difference between that and that anyway, unless you wrote it yourself? So what I'm saying is, if you're working with students who may or may not have dyslexia, dyscalculia, dyspraxia, encourage them to cross their sevens and make sure you cross your sevens too and drop the hat. No hats on the ones, straight down for the one. 
Final thing to note, so top three things. The first one was twos and fives, and the second one was sevens and ones. The third thing to note is don't stress too much about it. In all my years of teaching, I've never had a student complain that they can't read the instructions on the computer game Call of Duty. I've never had a student that's come to me saying they're struggling to read how to score points on Super Mario. I've also, you're not going to believe this, never had a student come to me and say that they can't understand how to play Grand Theft Auto. All of these students have had dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia. I've worked with lots and lots and lots of them. And you know what? They never complain that they can't read what's on computer games. So I, I offer you two hy uh, hypotheses. Number one, that computer games are doing something we're not. So perhaps we need to look into that. Or it's perhaps that the student in question is interested in computer games, but is not interested in mathematics. I will leave that one with you, but it's something I've observed over a very long time with dozens and dozens and dozens of special educational needs students. There is no such thing as an SEN version of Grand Theft Auto or an SEN version of Super Mario Brothers or an SEN version of Call of Duty. And I find that funny. I do find that funny. So watch out, don't, don't pander too much. Yeah, and, don't, and especially if the student is a little bit older, don't be afraid to point that out. You know, ask them, how, how's, their, how's their latest computer game going? Any problems reading the, uh, the on-screen instructions? I bet they say no. Take care. Have a great day.